feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose, and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. Fellas, 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 and the ladies, welcome back to another episode of The Farm. We are sitting down. Jake, okay. All right, we, we already had to do a rerun on this Come one on. real quick. All right, so we're going to run this back just to get everybody in the loop. All right, like I got energy to do it. Mm -hmm. All right. We both had the uh, Dutch kicker. Uh, this is a plug for them. Plug. Dutch, go ahead and pl sponsor the podcast. <laughs> we got you. All right. But uh, we both had that kicker in there. I think it has like four or five shots of espresso or something crazy He's in there. He's feeling it. Uh, yeah. So I was jumping off the walls a second ago. So this might be, we talked about it a second ago. This might be a 30-minute pod. We don't know because I'm, I'm just, I'm just you know, jumping. Loosed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we both got one in. Um, yeah. So one of the big things I think that uh, we wanted to talk about this week I think will be huge. <laughs> um, it's more so on the side of that of like, you know, a common term that's used all the time is trust the process. Mm -hmm. And there is so many different branches of this tree that we could run down, which means that we need some extended dialogue, I think, to kind of unpack what that means. Because I also get um, one of the things, okay, everybody's like, okay, trust the process. There's a big group of people that are all in on, okay, yeah, hey, man, this thing's going to take time, all these other things, X, Y, and Z. Okay, I, that camp. But then you also got a whole bunch of other camp, and this is typically where I live majority of my life, right, where I was very impatient. Mm -hmm. And I was like, trust the process. Like, first off, you know, how do I even know I'm on the right process? And what <laughs> process am I trusting? And what does that even mean? And and everybody says that. But meanwhile, the whole bunch of people trusting a process to get nowhere. And, like, where's that middle that middle ground? And then um, a whole bunch of other people that are in the middle, right, this is probably, this is probably uh, uh, a good camp here, too, as well. It's like yo, why are you getting so bent out of shape over trusting the process? There's some traumas in here or something, right? <laughs> so there's 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 all of that um, as well. Like, why are you so worried about not getting where you're going and what the outcome's going to be and all these other things, right? And um, I think there's a big, there's that kind of groups in there and then a bunch of different uh, variations and I'm sure we'll run down some of these uh, branches too. But um, I think one of the things that you and I uh, share with this, especially too, um, I heard somebody do a uh, more extended uh, long form. Uh, my guy, uh, Gradum, uh, with the G swing over there, he had, he actually did a video the other day where he was talking about like after a performance, like after a game, who would you rather ride home with, mom or dad, right? And then he immediately goes, absolutely, I'd rather ride home with mom Depends because you know you how would dad, you know, <laughs> dad views stuff or doing whatever. And I think that there's a general kind of mm -hmm. consensus with that, like across the board, is what he was saying. Now that can't that might not also be the truth for everybody. Sure. Not everybody even gets the opportunity to drive home with dad, me included, yeah. right? To to what that mm -hmm. talk was even like. My experiences in sports were not like that. My parents were uh, not like that. And we'll kind of get into some of those mm -hmm. things. But I know personally, um, I was going to have you kind of get into that as well of being like, hey, you know, why why are we even having this conversation for parents, for coaches, yes. uh, for mentors, for leaders, for all those other things? Like, why is this conversation like even important? And maybe from a, a kid or athlete perspective and maybe kind of opening that door for mm -hmm. us. Why don't you kind of say yeah, that? Um and I think to start off on your first point about the process, I think you identified it and you said this the other day, it's like, where are we, like what process are we even going for? Like what's the end result? Mm -hmm. um, because when you look at trusting the process, that could be, you know, okay, Joel Embiid, it could be so many different things of, you know, are you a professional? Are you a child? 
Um, are you in the business or corporate world? Are you an athlete? Mm-hmm. Um, are you a parent? You know, what, whatever the case what may be. What does it matter? Exactly. What, 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 what does it matter, Jay? I thought it's the same all the way up to the border. Like if there's, we're all getting to the same outcome, <laughs> you know. right? We all just want to be successful in this thing. So it shouldn't, there shouldn't be any context, right? There's no gray. It it's un- just, we should be the same all the time and treat everybody like professionals. And you know? unfortunately, like there's that delusion that some parents have and, um, you know, if you are a parent that's a helicopter parent or living vicariously through your child, yeah. um, this may be a triggering conversation for yeah. you. Um, but I say all that to say is that with love, uh, with love, yes, yeah, it's gonna be a good conversation. Um, get a different perspective. With um, it, it's important to understand that where or whoever you're going through a process, what where they're at, and what's the end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me personally, I've had um, in the experiences of a few different of those camps that you just um, laid out Mm -hmm. Um, and and going back to to my father, him being on the extreme end of very um, results oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm talking like as a, you know, even as an eight year old. Yeah. Um, Let me do, let me do a slight disclaimer for you, right? (laughs) Slight disclaimer. Let's put it this way. Most parents that are going to go into what Jarrell's about to go into, they have a strong desire to help their kid. They love their kid. Mm -hmm. They want to get them results. Mm -hmm. They want them to succeed. They want, they love their child intimately, but how it gets expressed sometimes can cause some of these uh, things that we don't want to happen. So I also too, if you're listening as well and like, okay, some of these things might be triggering, but come from a context, a foundation of nobody's trying to hurt their child. No No one is trying to cause trauma in their child. No one wants their cat, their kid to not succeed, but the routes in which we go about it and how we communicate, and all those things um, we can get better at um, and we still will continue mm-hmm. to get better at it from a society standpoint because we've gone to far extremes right we've got we went from you know first place is first place <laughs> then we went all the way to everybody gets a trophy yeah. then we went to okay maybe that's not good either and then where are we at and there's a lot of information out there in this mix but I just wanted to lay this foundation uh, first off is that there's an understanding there that like we're all trying to get to the same place exactly. but how we get there is really it, important it, and then you know you sharing your experience there from that foundation no and huge. I think that's the biggest point there it's like how are you getting there yeah um because um like you said every parent goes into this with the best intentions with the best um or not even the the highest expectations because everybody wants their kid to be successful and whatever means you measure success Mm -hmm. um and everybody wants to have their their child as the star or the team or whatever the captain whatever the case may be but unfortunately that's not always the case and for me um um, i was blessed with a god-given ability to to naturally run Um, Mm -hmm. i was super athletic as a child Mm -hmm. um i was you know born with a six-pack all these things that you know most kids don't get to experience Um, you know what i'm saying (laughs) and um from a young age um not that my parents told me that i was a little bit different than the other kids but um, other people would identify that early in me when they saw me do something in a certain particular sport Mm. um and i I say all that to say is that um i had a lot of success as a child um you know i was in newspapers i won national championships i set national records um, but what also was missed um, with this adoption of success was what was going on in the back end at home. Um, oftentimes what we saw or what I experienced with my father was in, um, an intense um, focus on production, um, almost to the point where um, I wasn't allowed to, to lose. Um, and that to an extent, when your child isn't losing is a good thing. Um, but, you know, you also have to answer that question of, um, and my dad had to do this early is, you know, when I turned 
12 or 13 where I experienced really my, literally my first loss in track and field um, of, you know, how, how do I manage that? And I think that's where that separator of being a really great parent and managing that if you are a coach too, of that balancing act um, of understanding that you're still dealing with someone who is a child, um, someone who's still learning how to manage their emotions. You're still dealing with someone that's experiencing the world and these emotions of up and down and also to trying not to disappoint their parents. Um, and so what happens when, in this particular case with me, was when I experienced defeat for the first time. Um, I personally didn't know how to handle it. Um, and so my first person that I looked to was my father. Um, and um, how he managed that wasn't probably the best. And again, he was probably trying to do his best. And he was probably also caught up in the moment of a, um, you know, he was also super competitive too. That's where I got it from. Um, but to him, you know, that was when I lost for the first time, it was almost like he lost too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was, I, I remember it to this day, he started um, going back and forth with the kid's parent that I lost to, right? Um, and so that was what I saw. And what I saw was um, not necessarily aggression, but um, a confrontation began because I lost. Mm-hmm. And I associated that with like, oh, that, like, okay, like mm-hmm. I, I was the cause of that. Yeah. Um, and also when we got, you know, going back to who would you rather drive home with, um, you know, normally these conversations on the way home were, you know, what could you have done better even when I won? Um, you know, you didn't break a world, you didn't, you know, break the national record this race, why not? Um, and so the expectation was extremely high um, up to those points. But what I needed in that moment um, was comfort. What I needed in that moment was, Jarrell, it's okay. What I needed in that moment was, um, you know, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I got in that moment was, you shouldn't have lost. What I got in that moment was, you're an embarrassment to me. What I got in that moment was, you can't let that happen again. Um, and me personally, as a, you know, I think I was what, 11 at this time, 12, um, internalized that. And I was like, oh, crap, I can't lose. Um, go on to, um, you know, the story goes on. And um, this mentality that I adopted um, as a young child um, went on with me to high school. Um, and in high school, I didn't have the success. Um, when you look at two parents, um, the maturation of your child, um, that's also in the process of results. Um, you know, we have kids here, you know, one kid that's, he might be, I think he was in eighth grade. He's built like he might be 18 now, Mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, somebody that, you know, particularly for boys that hasn't started puberty yet at 13, right. (laughs) You know, much much later, (laughs) you know, you're going to have that difference. And, um, it's really important for parents to understand that maturation as a youth is important, especially in sport. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. you talk about this all the time in baseball, you'll have the, the 13 year old. Um, that, you know, is playing on the, the 200, help me out here, was it yeah. yards? Yeah, 200 feet. 200, uh, 200 feet, feet field. Fences and, um, and, and, you know, you could have, and even too, when you go to the bigger fields, right? Like, you got that, um, you got the kid that's 13 with a mustache, mm-hmm. and the kid that's 13 that looks like, you know, he's about 10. Exactly. You know, it, it, they they all come, in, you got the, and again, if you play in, uh, we say that all the time too, it's like you show up and this kid's six foot and this kid's <laughs> four Five, you know, it's just they're just very different. Uh, and again, you got genetics that are played into there. You also got, you know, the other part of, um, you know, how big are the the parents there from a genetic standpoint of with that, and then also, you know, genetically, when is that testosterone kicking? And are exactly. they late bloomers or they early bloomers? Mm-hmm. But in the same setting, they're all competing against sure. one another, which is, you know, and, a lot. and that's what you find. And if you don't mind, there's um, a few different phases that it, this is all related back to those to hitting, in particular, to baseball and any sport and parenting. Um, but 
this more or less is kind of the mental aspect of it, right? It's yep. like, what, what does this do to your child from a young age? Um, and looking at it, you know, this adoption mindset that I was never allowed to lose, I carried that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through high school, yeah, my body wasn't maturing just yet when I was mm-hmm. 14, 15, even 16. Yeah. Um, Slash runs a big deal. You know, <laughs> what is that? I, yeah. You know, I'm, um, I always tell this story. I was on a relay team that went to the the Junior Olympics when I was 16, and I was the oldest person on that relay. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody else was 14 turning 15. I was a 16-year-old, but I looked the youngest. Mm -hmm. I had less muscles. I didn't have any facial hair. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you look at that competition level, um, you're going to have some kids that are just uh, a little bit more developed than others. Um, And so when you put that pressure on your child, and my dad still did, not understanding that, hey, you know, hey, I did have the success when I was younger, um, but my body still is developing and I'm not going to have the success right now. And it's OK right now. Mm. Um, you're, you're still developing. You're still growing um, that he didn't get that. And so what I got, again, was more of why aren't you winning? You're not working hard enough. You need to do more. Uh, you know, you need to. He had me out there running. If you don't know what the 400 is, is one lap around a track with a tire on my back mm. after I already did a whole track workout after school. Um, and so it was more, 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 and more wasn't delivering the results that he expected. And so he was getting frustrated at me. And that um, caused a drift in our relationship at an early age because I wasn't performing how he wanted to. And a lot of what I felt his love was based off of my performance. Um, transition into college, again, body starts developed. I was, ended up being... Um, if not the fastest person in San Antonio. Well, there was one kid that ended up going to the Olympic trials and winning the Melrose Games in the 60s. Um, And so he's faster than me. But outside of that, I was the second fastest person in San Antonio, um, probably top 15 in Texas. Um, Got a track scholarship to Nova Southeastern University, full ride, which in track and field doesn't happen. Mm. Um, And so um, I'm in my first college meet. My dad says, you should win. It's like, okay, I'm 18, and these guys are 23 years old. Um, and so in high school, I was used to, again, ending high school on a success, successful note, yeah. you know, winning all my meets, coming in first, you know, track meets were fun then and going to college and transitioning. And there was, a, you know, I'm running against dudes from Florida, from the University of Miami, from Georgia, um, running against people in the SEC, the ACC. And um, for the first time, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm getting my butt whooped. And I haven't felt this in a really long time again. So. You know, me going back to my comfort, call my dad. And again, what I get is you're not working hard enough. You're not doing enough. Um, And so, again, the constant reminder of I need to do more. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, once you get to that level of competition, more is not the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure you're about to tell your story here soon, too, is, you know, running more is not going to get you just going to get you hurt. Uh, Lifting more is just going to get you hurt in season. Um, Doing more in that aspect wasn't what I need. What I needed was a mental switch. Uh, what I needed was an understanding that, hey, Jarrell, you're 18. You just got to college. These dudes are 22, 23 years old. They're grown men. You're still maturing. They are mature. Um, and it's just going to take time. Yeah. Um, and it's very rare in any sport for a freshman to show up on campus um, and, and be the best or be that guy uh, or that girl. Um, and so a lot of what I experienced um, you know, from that age of 8 through 18, 20 years old was – um, hey, if you're not having success, it's because you're not doing enough. And unfortunately, that's just not right. And I say that all because it wasn't until I came into my adulthood at the age of 25, 26 in my professional career where it finally clicked that I had this um, um, response to success or not having success. 
Um, and so my first defeat um, in my professional life um, came when we were working at Planet Fitness. And it was my ability to kind of navigate for the first time that, hey, Drell, it's okay to lose. Hey, um, it's okay that you didn't win this one. Hey, it's okay that you didn't have success right now. You learned. Um, you're going through a process. You're getting experience. Um, this is not necessarily failure, but this is just future experience. So, hey, you won't make the same, quote, unquote, if it is a mistake, mistake again. Um, and so um, the first part that I, you know, will transition back to you is that that mental aspect of just what that does as you're conditioning your child to for results-oriented um, call it results oriented process versus enjoying the maturation and the the um, time it takes to really go through something experience it experience that failure learn from it use that um, lesson um, to achieve success and most parents um, do a really good job with that and there's someone on the other hand that um, just don't and that's okay too but I think the message here is that just understanding um how parenting in that aspect, what it can do long-term for your child versus um, being in that moment. Because at the end of the day, you know, um, somebody told my dad this, um, and it's so funny because it came true, is that um, th there aren't any 10-year-olds out there getting scholarships. Mm. Um, there aren't any 10-year-olds out there um, going to the Olympics. Um, mm. And so really what's important during that time um, is learning, is relationships. Um, if it's a skill sport, it's learning that skill. Um, and most importantly, out of all things, just make sure your child's having fun. I'll mm. say that. I think that's a huge piece. Make sure your child's enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the big things that you, you know, really touched on there and, and just taking those things in is like, well, first off, you know, again, uh, you got to do your work as a parent. Right. And what I mean by that is like, look, it's just like being a leader in anything else. Like, you know, again, you're, it's rare unless you have someone that's also a leader that is coming up right for them to surpass their leadership when it comes mm -hmm. into mindset uh when it comes into uh you know strategy when it comes into uh just how they view performance uh you know mentally and all those things that come into it as well and so um i know i do in in, in just in general I, I think our entire staff and one of the ways that i also challenge on the same side of that is like i'm constantly growing mm -hmm. and i'm challenging everybody else to constantly grow as well um but also too um a lot of people, I think it's so easy. Um, it's so easy to feel like I got work done today because I did my extra 10 sprints or I did my, you know, I lifted today or I did these things that are physical. Those are much easier, like check marks mm -hmm. um, to hit. Um, and it makes me feel accomplished mm -hmm. because I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm sweating. I'm this, I'm that. Um, when in reality, like on the same side of that, like, yes, those things are all um, things that I need to do. Um, I was even uh, just, uh, I had a dad, uh, I was DMing back and forth with on Instagram. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, my 12 year old, um, he's pretty good. But, you know, like, again, like this is, it's a, it's a, it's a process here. Like, you know, he's like, it's been, you know, he's, he's training four to five days a week. Then he's got games and blah, blah, blah. And he's like going through the thing. And he's like, this is basically, you know, um, you know, basically he trains like he's at an academy and mm -hmm. kind of does the things. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's the hard part is like, uh, you know, uh, one thing I think it has to get adopted um, as from a mindset, especially as a parent coach, all those other things is that uh, I've said this in podcasts before, but like that 
you know, working hard, um, uh, working hard doesn't guarantee results, um, but it is a prerequisite to be in the conversation. There you go. And so like, you know, like that, that, that understanding that it's like, Hey, like, yes, we do need to work hard, but at the same time, just because I work hard, it doesn't guarantee me results. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are working hard either in the wrong directions or also mm-hmm. too, maybe we're much further behind than another athlete is. Let that be maturation. Let that be, uh, just, you know, again, I just started playing a year ago. Let that be, um, you know, where I'm at in my process. Cause this other thing too, is like, typically when I first start something, you know, sometimes I can have this, one of the worst things that can kind of happen and that could be detrimental mentally, but it's something that's good to, you know, it's also pros and cons here is that, um, you can get a lot of success early. Uh, but you know, it's, it's also like false feedback, mm-hmm. right? Where you're like, man, like I'm actually this good. It's like, no, 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 you just haven't struggled yet mm-hmm. because we're all that good at some point, right? Like we all have had these moments where we're really good at this. And also maybe you're more predisposed because genetically or, you know, all these things and maybe you're born into a family that um, the dad what did play at a professional level or did have a lot of these, uh, this professional type of uh, success. So um, your processing and how you think, or maybe your uh, confidence and all these things could already, you know, uh, kind of be there from the beginning. You have some of these prerequisites that are going to really help. Um, but I think the first thing is, you know, um, for you as you yourself, you have to define success and what success actually means exactly. and what it means in you particularly, because I can give this vague success of like what success means to me or to you or to Taylor or to Cody or to any other parent across the nation. But again, success is also more so, um, I think that's the hard part is because it's almost like a moving target and you know, these, this field goal that constantly gets moved. Um, and you could find yourself constantly searching for success, but never feeling like you've ever reached it because it's like a constant moving goalpost. And so what I my mean by that is like, you know, I think we need to get away from, it's like that old saying of, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you, you keep searching for your purpose, right? You keep searching for your for this success and like this and I think more so people make this arbitrage to like uh like what success is supposed to feel like and so it doesn't become an actual destination it becomes a feeling that I'm in search of that never happens and I never Mm -hmm. feel that way and so I feel like I've never been successful when meanwhile for me like I would I always used to label myself as like um an accomplisher, like I would go accomplish something and then I would just move the goalposts, move the goalposts, move the goalposts. And it's like, yeah, yeah, but that's what, like, that's what successful people do. And this is, you know, this is why I'm, I accomplish so much is because that's my mentality and all these things. Um, you know, when instead it was actually trauma. Um, and, and, and it was, it was an, an, a nasty, um, it was a nasty, I call it like uh, like toxic motivation, mm-hmm. right? Is that um, meanwhile, yes, while I'm accomplishing things, but like mentally what it's doing to me and the byproducts that it's leaving and the waste product that it's leaving inside of my soul, inside of my, my, my brain and what that does, how it gets tallied up over time, my relationships, uh, the resentments that I build towards, you know, people that I, you know, again, I, I used to play with this, you know, I used to take pride in having a chip on my shoulder and, you know, having this like dog in me or whatever, right? I used to have some uh, uh, less appropriate words I used to say <laughs> I had in me. Um, but also with that being said, like, you know, um, I learned later on while that did motivate me and got the job done in the moment, um, it had some really nasty byproducts that I wasn't even aware of, of like how I was living my life and the, and the impacts that it had there. Um, also, I want to be careful on the other side of this, too, is that uh, sometimes, you know, you can get this perspective, too, where um, I remember when I was younger, I used to think like, you know, um, did you get more mature? And like, you know, cause I would listen to some of these like older guys that have been successful. Right. And they'd be like, man, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do this X, Y, and Z. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. That's cause you've already made it. 
right? You've already made it. You've already done all these things. So now you've like lost some of that fire, mm -hmm. right? And like that fire has been kind of put out. So that's why you're giving me this type of advice. And I would have this, you know, bias towards their advice they were giving me um, and being like, yeah, but that's because you don't want to make this money. Mm -hmm. Or well, that's because you don't <laughs> want to, you don't want to, you know, I want to be, you never made it to the Olympics and I want to make mm -hmm. it to the Olympics. So this is what I need to do. And like, there's some truth in some pieces sure. of that. But more so, there's a lot of wisdom, collective wisdom that's being passed down um, from, you know, I, I think parents, one thing for you to mention is like, think about it in your own personal life, right? How many things that you worked hard at and never achieved and or, right? How many things that you worked hard at and still have yet to achieve mm -hmm. and how it makes you feel when you feel like, you know, you haven't done these things. And, and also this toxic mentality that starts to slip into where you start to get envious of others and go, well, I've worked harder than them and I've done these other things and why isn't doing for that? And, and if I don't, and again, I'm a slide, you know, you know, me, I'm gonna slide this into as well as like, if God's doing this in their life, mm -hmm. right? Like, well, I've done more than them, God, I've, 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 I've sacrificed more. I've given up more. I've, I've done more for you. I've done like, and you start to get this nasty envy that, that starts to come into your heart. Um, and it comes out in all so many different ways. You know, you can't hide your heart condition. Um, I say that a lot, you know, mm -hmm. but you can't hide your heart condition. It, it, it bleeds into all these other areas of your life. Um, and I think, you know, again, along with that, like we have to reshape, uh, what success actually means because everybody wants success, but we don't all want the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's, those are different things. We all want success, but we don't all want the same thing. So what do I mean by that? It's like, well, because everybody has a different definition of success. Yeah. Maybe yours is the dance team. Maybe yeah. yours is the Olympics. Maybe yours is um, having really great relationships in your life and being, being happy. happy, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe yours is being obedient to God. Maybe mm -hmm. yours is, you know, all of these things. We all have individual goals. We all have different perceptions of what success would be for us individually. Um, and I think, you know, more than all of that, um, I think to define that, I think we, we need to go to the place of uh, there's a lot of noise and all of that, right? So, so I think an exercise that really helps me um, is think when like, I think this is a sobering moment. We have these sobering moments that happen in our life. And I think it's like usually really drastic things like um, somebody really close to you dies. Mm -hmm right? Uh, someone you really admired, someone mm -hmm. that you really appreciate. Maybe it's not even a family. Maybe yeah. it's, you know, maybe it's when like Kobe Bryant yeah. died or maybe it's, you know, these things. And I remember when, even when Kobe died for me, for example, like it was like a reset for me to like look around a little bit. And this typically happens, right? And you, when, and the reason I say these sobering moments is all of a sudden it becomes very clear what's important. Exactly. Right. When you're, again, someone said this too, is like, um, another way of looking at this is, uh, some guy was preaching on, um, how the Holy Spirit had sp spoken to him um, about the wisdom of God spoke to him and said, um, uh, I'm like water, right? And then he was like, okay, and he went deeper into that, and he's like, you know, typically everybody is out there um, day to day, day in and day out. Um, they're drinking a lot of other things other than water. They don't even want water, right? They want soda. They want, uh, you know, sweet tea. They want mm -hmm. all the power raids. They want all these other stuff, right, other than water, right? But when you've been in the desert for, you know, 
<laughs> a good amount of time, right? Like all Oregon, I remember being at practice. I don't know about you. Oh. You, you were actually running, but I remember being <laughs> at practice and being like, yo, I don't want that Gatorade. Like I was oh, the water. only thing I wanted was water. I remember being in practice. This is so funny. <laughs> I remember being in practice. I used to this do this in Muay Thai too, Tay. I used, to be in, I used to be in Muay Thai, and I'd be like, I'm never drinking a soda again in my whole life. I promise you, I used to do that in junior college. Like, there is no way that I am ever drinking anything other than water. Like, I don't want nothing but water, right? Because that's how I felt, like, in that moment, right? And then so he was talking about that wisdom that came from it, right? Is like, but when we truly need water, when we get to a point of what we need, our need is water, right? Um, our wants are these other things. And so, like, in that same way, is that it becomes very clear and all that noise gets separated and being like, you know, I need this and, you know, I, I need, I need, I need with, you know, quotations if you're listening, right? When majority of all of this is wants, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we're not even really sure of what we really need. Um, and so I think that that place with it is if like you could take your, your place, you know, to maybe it's happened to you already where someone really close to you has passed away. Uh, and my condolences if they have, and mm -hmm. hopefully that doesn't, you know, bring up too many harsh emotions, but I hope it brings sobriety uh, to your feelings, your emotions, and brings clarity to like going back to that moment and remembering what was really important to you as being like, man, like those relationships, and I need to spend more time and have more quality time with uh, people that I love and care about, and um, all those things as well. And I had the sobering event where like when my dad was dying, it wasn't that he was dying, but as he was dying, I got to watch what was important to him and what he valued the most in those moments. And so, th you know, no achievement in that moment was, oh man, yeah, but I'm a, you know, a, a, you know I was this and I, I did this and I, I made this much money and I did a little blah, blah, blah. And these are the things that we associate with success, success. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Generally people yeah. would say this money, this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and great, you could say, oh yeah, what if I have more money, I could, you know, live longer cause I'll be healthier in this way or this way or this way. I'll tell you every, like, you know, hey, Millionaires die every day too. Yep. All right. They ain't, 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 if you can name a millionaire that ain't dead, let me. That sorry, that isn't gonna die. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. Right. Uh, someone's probably popping off like probably Elon Musk. Someone's gonna you know he's gonna figure <laughs> out a way. He's gonna figure out a way. But again, along with that, right? It's like you know, again, you could take Elon Musk, all those guys. Like again, you know, at, he can get in a car accident tomorrow, be laying on the side of the road, and yes. Money sounds nice, but he could be dead on impact. Yeah. Now what? Dude. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, all of these things uh, that could happen. And there's even the sci-fi th thrillers that you know that talk about some of these things of all kinds of stuff. I went down a whole rabbit hole in my head. But <laughs> but my my point with that too is it just brings clarity on what really is important. Um, and I just think a lot of people are are out here confused. Mm -hmm. Like um, I think a lot of people are out here confused. And again hands up of me as well of how I can slip into these places of forgetting um, and becoming hardened in a lot of ways of like what I'm chasing until um, unfortunately it turns into some of these big events happen in my life that reset me. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I think that that's, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing is, is to reshape that is what's actually um, important. Yeah. So I, w I wanted to throw this back before we kind of get into some things straight is I wanted to throw this back also and and had this conversation where it's like you know i think just because i want you know whoever's listening to kind of go through this exercise too um oddly enough this is going to be sooner rather than later for you but this this um uh question of you know at the end of the day right as as you as a parent let's say you're right now put yourself in a spot where you're 98 years old you're about to tap out, you're on your deathbed, right? And you're looking back and on you as a parent, right? 
Um, or actually, I'll go one layer back. What do you want your legacy to be, right? What do you want your legacy to be? Like, when you're 98, you're kicking the bucket. You know, what do you want uh, people to say about you? Hmm. There's a book that talks about this called Living Forward, if anybody wants to get it. <coughs> um, but... Um, I think um, it tells you to start with your eulogy. Like, what would mm. you want somebody to say about you then? Um, start with the end in mind. You know? <laughs> um, and um, I think for me, um, a man that follows God, mm. uh, a man that's loving, a man that's caring, um, a man that was present, um, a man that was supportive, um, and a man that um, overall... Um, created for me and my family in particular um created um um i don't want to call i i don't like using the word success but i'll call it generational freedom um so that my kids and their kids kids um have the ability to not um more or less have to go through the things that either my grandparents, parents, or myself. It's not like I've lived a, a hard, struggleless life, mm -hmm. um, but in the sense that um, they get to do better than what I got, um, mm. and their kids will do better, and their kids' kids will do better. And, um, I think for me, it's wanting to be um, that spark for my family. Mm -hmm. um, but most importantly, um, a man that follows God, a man that's loving, a man that's caring, a man that's present. I mm. think those things for me. Yeah, love that. And I think in, in a, lar a lot of of ways um a lot of people can connect with that right um especially to the part we're talking about like you know with your kids like everybody wanting better for them right mm -hmm. and then i think this is the hard part right and then you start unpacking that okay well how do i execute that mm. and i think a lot of people have really good intentions right mm -hmm. of this is how I, you know that's why i'm so hard on him that's why because that's why i'm, I'm cracking down on him in school because I didn't do these things and I wish somebody would have been there to tell me this and I wish somebody would have done these other things and X, Y, and Z. And I think that's where, you know, as the human uh, space is like, you know, we all want these things, but how we go about doing them and what it actually looks like on how my legacy impacts um, how I'm, how I'm, I'm moving, um, I think is, is becomes again, cloudy it comes there's a lot of noise and different ways i can go about doing that right like you and somebody else could have the same exact legacy goals right um but go about them and express them and execute them in, in very different ways For sure um and also too largely and holistically most likely um we're gonna miss that mark mm -hmm. right because um first off a lot of that is subjective that has to do with someone else's feelings towards you mm -hmm. right which is tough right um i, I have some control in some ways of like my own actions and things like that as well. Um, but I think like in large, you know, with that is, you know, we miss those marks uh, yeah. quite a bit, even when we have really good intentions. Yeah. Um, and also too, to be able to execute that, why those are uh, right on the money, I think of so many different ways is like, man, if I could live a life like that, you know, what, you know, what that would entail. Um, I think at the same time, right. When we, we go to go into that, uh, let's talk about what that actually takes right um the goal is one thing right for example i want to be the fastest runner in the world okay great goal right mm -hmm. but what it actually takes to get there um you know might look very different 
than how I imagine it looking. I, a lot of times I see myself on the pedestal or the, I, I see myself on the, on the, what do they call it? Like the little, little podium. platforms, the yeah. podium, right? <laughs> Where I'm the first place, I got the trophy mm -hmm. on my neck, all these things. But like, you know, what it takes to actually get there sure. can look very different. And also too, I think a lot of times with this, this navigation, and I think like a, a sobering thought to a lot of these things as well, is uh, as humans, I think on the same side of that, we think about what we would want to be, right? And I and and I and I say this in the way too, where you know, Jay, this is this is also, I, I had this other you know Holy Spirit coming through right now, okay. <laughs> hitting me as well, is being like I even asked you that question, and how I'm like hitting me right now is because I would have answered some similar things there as we went through. But also, too, the Holy Spirit just hit me with, with, well, why didn't you ask what I wanted you to be? Hmm. Right? And wait, maybe that's not the goals I have for your life. Right? Because, for example, let's say you take the disciples inside. Of, I'm, I'm going to preach now. We're getting on. in there, right? If you take the disciples, let's say you take, let's say you took Paul. Let's say you took, um, you take, you know, Mark. You take, you, you take any of these guys. Okay. Well, Jesus called them to follow him. And a lot of them, were they being great parents at the time? Right. Were they doing where is 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 what God has called them to do? Maybe that is on the same side of that is they had a different plan for how their kids were going to react or what that was going to be. Or or again, for example, like they, there's many times where it came up in the Bible. It's like, well, I need to bury my father or I need mm -hmm. to do these things. I need to be the here dead, for this and that. And God's like, no, hey, I, ha I have you doing. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm calling you over here to do these things. And so what I I, I, I think with that and, and and why that can be so stepping on the feet. I remember when I read, you know, I read the Bible all the time. It's and when it. <laughs> It it uh it steps on my toes mm. quite a bit. Um, uh, so I listened to a um a, a podcast. I think it was the other day where it was like, if you're never coming head to head with the devil, that's because you're walking the same direction. Come on. And Don't so I think, <laughs> I think, yeah. And so I think that that same you know mindset there um as well is just like understanding as well as like, hey, um, I'm never gonna be everything everybody everybody else wants me to be. Mm -hmm. But that should not be my concern. Mm -hmm. I should be everything that God wants mm -hmm. me to be. And I think, you know, along with it, that's a personal relationship with you and God and what he's called you to do. Yep. Um, and I think that, you know, if I'm getting measured, if my measurement of my life is based on what other people think of me, um, I'm going to fall short, you know, majority to everybody at all over times. Um, when, you know, again, along with that, um, I think that's why that relationship with God is, is so, you know, big there. And I think, you know, with all of those things, no matter where I go through life, um, you know, again, I, I want to uh, stand in front of you know, my, my creator. And I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Um, and that isn't always how I view <laughs> my life looking is, you know, me serving him is going to look very different than me serving myself. And, um, and, and those things. Biblically, if you are a believer, um, like that's the mindset, like you said, like you should have for your child. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily, like, again, I'm gonna keep using my dad as context. Like, um, of course, I adopted that mindset that I wanted to go to the Olympics. I wanted to go to the NFL. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at what point, you know, and hopefully I do this as a parent. Soon. Yeah. Um, you know, God, what do you want from my my daughter? What do you want from my son? For sure. Um, what do you want out of their life? Because yeah. I know what I want from me. And yeah. I know most of the time it's not good, <laughs> yeah. you know. And yeah. um, and how can I avoid making the same mistakes? I know, again, my parents are trying their best. But, again, how do I avoid um, – you know, doing the same mistakes that they made. Um, and again, because they weren't necessarily um, raising me with the intention that God had for me versus mm. the intention that they had for me. Mm. Um, well, and also on the hit here, I want to, uh, I kind of had this thrown in as well. I think also too, where 
you know, a conversation gets started there too as well is sometimes we're running in avoidance of not trying to be somebody, but also too, along with that, I think it could be a challenging thing is, you know, was that also your dad's intent of him not wanting to be somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Him not wanting to be a, maybe a father that wasn't there, that didn't push his kid, exactly. that didn't do these other things, right? And then how it got expressed to you, even though the intentions were, you know, seemed noble, seemed great, all those other things. And I think that's the hardest part is like, this is where I talk about like speaking with love. Like, I, I assume, I always say this with coaches, like, I know you're not trying to make your player worse. At all. No one is trying to no, do that. Ever. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you're not making them worse. Mm -hmm. And, and even though that's not your intention and that's where the objective side that comes in. And another thing that I talk about with my athletes all the time too, is like, Hey, you got to stop riding this roller coaster where when like, Oh, when I'm on the mountaintops, well, that's because without, I'm doing what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the best. This is when mm -hmm. I'm my best, um, you know, brother, this is when I'm my best uh, son. This is when I'm the best father. This is when I'm the best things because you know, things are good right now. When in reality, I think more often than not, and I think everybody can relate with this, if you look back into your own childhood and relationships with your father, your, your parent, your leader, your whatever that might be, um, it's your, generally your low moments that have the biggest impact, yeah. right? Then when your high moments, like when everything's good, everything's mm -hmm. good, yeah. right? Like again, winning covers a lot of things, all the stuff, but you know, it's, it's generally these moments of the lows and how you showed up when things were not good and how you responded in those moments uh, that become um, so big. And I think like on the same side of that, and what I mean by that is like, for example, yeah. is that like, you know, if you look at, if you look at Jesus, right, if you look at, and again, like, I'm, I'm telling you, that's I'm on preach mode now, they got me in the spirit, <laughs> but like, you know, for example, like, you know, I, I bet you that the idea, and I know this for spe specifically through the Bible of what these, all these disciples were doing before they met Jesus, they were not, they were trying to live their life and to be successful. And they were trying to do these things. I'm going to be the biggest fisherman. I'm going to make all of this money. I'm going to be wealthy and proud. We're going to overthrow the Romans and then we're going to be the superior and we're going to do this. We're going to do all this. Like those are the plans that you have for your life. Mm -hmm. Right. And also too, even the plans that they had for Jesus, mm. <laughs> even too, and then uh, within thought, Jewish cu yeah. culture here, the same thing, the same idea thing of what they had for Jesus, he didn't live up to. He didn't conquer the Romans. He didn't come in and, and put them to the top of the, the, and that's why they couldn't accept him and didn't see him as a successful savior because of that. Right. And so I think with that is like, Jesus gives us a clear model uh, of there is Jesus gives us a clear model of what it looks like to follow God is not to glorify ourselves. Right. But it to glorify the father him in, in that way. And I think on the same side of that, like, you know, we get that, uh, uh that idea that, yo, maybe, my life is to supposed to be struggle. Maybe again, for example, and then, cause this is where we get this idea of this prosperity Bible, right? Where we think that, okay, I follow God. And that means that prosperous be my future here on earth. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have a, you know, my family life's going to be amazing. All these things are going to be beautiful because I'm just following God. When meanwhile, again, Bible verses as well, it's like it, it with, um, believers or non-believers are going to go through suffering that part both yep right and it's going to be how we go through suffering and how we process which is going to be very different um, and I think that that becomes that that piece where it's like you know for example if you look at Paul Paul did not live a very successful life comparatively if you're looking at it from human lens yep. let's put ourselves back in that time if you're looking at Paul you're like okay bro you ain't got a job 
<laughs> all right, bro, you ain't got a job. You ain't, your family, ain't, you, you're always traveling around. You ain't with your family. You're, you know, the things, you're getting whipped. You're hated almost everywhere you go. Right? Always in jail. But you're a bum. <laughs> you're a bum, bro. Right? That's what everybody, again, in that time is looking at this guy. It's like, man, he's given up his whole life and all these things. Like, he's, you know, this Bible thumper. This guy's off the, you know, I guess they're not really, oh, I guess Torah at the time. Torah thumpers. Right? <laughs> of what's going on and, like, what you're doing, right? You're throwing away your life. Like, what That's are true. you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? That's how the world is viewing him at the time. And if you look at that and you bring that into today, right, is that, you know, again, or if you just looked at Jesus, I, I talked about this as well. I actually saw uh, a guy uh, sign the other day. Homeless guy on the side of the street uh, when I was going to uh, Bible study. Um, it's funny because I was growing in Bible study. He had a sign and he said, it said, uh, Jesus was homeless too. Yep. And I was like, boy, boy. Not wrong. But, but what an encouragement, right, for mm -hmm. someone that's also homeless in that same way. Again, obviously intentional. The, and again, God was, he was following God's plan for him and what, you know, God had him to do. But he didn't have a place that he, he called home. And wherever he went, he made it home because he was, like, you know, with God. And that was his house. That was his temple. For sure. Um, he was his temple, yeah. right, because of his relationship And not only with God. that, but in those low moments, whether it was um, Jesus at his low moments or any of the apostles or um, disciples at their lowest moments was when they were closest to God. Yes. Um, closest to their father. He's closest to the same. And, yeah. um, you know, going off that point that you made is that, you know, not getting caught up on the highs yeah. um, and the, success, the successes that you have um, early on, um, but more or less is what happened and what kind of coaching and parenting and um, motherhood or fatherhood, or what, what kind of um, parenting is going on in these low moments? Because, yeah. you know, um, I, w I will say this, not too many people in this world, I've set, I think I won the Junior Olympics, nine nine national titles, uh, three national records, um, um, won't even go off in the football route, um, had a full-ride scholarship. Um, even with Drill, all, you're not flexible, <laughs> are you? <laughs> but listen, listen <laughs> even know. with all that success, um, yeah. the parts that I do remember is when I lost and my dad's reactions. Mm -hmm. um and for parents like those things actually yeah. that stuck with me i can't get those things out of my head because yeah. in those moments um i'm, I'm mean, you go to therapy for that um <laughs> uh, in those Same. moments you know in those moments that's when i needed my father of course yeah. i have my god now but that's he, when he i pointed needed. to god there <laughs> by the way i needed um you know i needed my dad in those moments i needed yeah. my mother in those moments i don't yeah. think my mom was around yeah. those track meets yeah. um but you know i needed someone to come up and say hey it's it is okay and yeah. i love you you need the spirit of god exactly yeah and to be flowing through people around you and be advocating for god's perspective to keep you focused on the real exactly because me yeah. winning that track meet wasn't the real mission no. uh, me getting a scholarship people to, forget it's not the real mission yeah 100 years from now no one will even know you existed, existed. with any of those things at all yeah and so at the end of the day what really happened what matters is that you know for a father um, or a mother in that particular case is that how's your relationship with your child yeah um just like god wants a relationship with us like how's your relationship with that moment with your child is it based off of their performance yeah. because if his if his relationship if god's relationship was based off our performance oh man <laughs> yeah no and i think that's the big thing is like one of the things that i talk a lot with with athletes everybody sees on social media okay our our okay, these athletes are being successful and all these things, right? Those are the highlight tapes that mm -hmm. we see on social media. Oh, everybody's successful all the time, all this stuff. I've said on the podcast before, one of my favorite quotes, right, is that uh, uh, losers think that winners never lose mm. while winners are losing more than losers have ever tried, mm. right? And so it's like having that, that, that other side of that, right, is understanding that most I, – I coach a ton of athletes that will never – 
make it to the highest ranks of professional sports or the highest ranks of their sports, if it be professional or not, right? Um, especially in like softball players, for example, like, right? Um, Division one softball at your power five is the professional level. Now, is there a professional league? For sure. But right now with the amount of views and also yeah. that league is still building and all that, maybe one day it will surpass it. But right now that is the professional level. And I've heard this specifically from power five coaches and when they're coaching these players is to understand that again, college baseball players are still in the aspirations of going to this pro league and what that looks like at the highest levels, right? But one of the things that I I think of along with that, and I've tweeted this before too, and it's so funny the responses I got because the responses are are so interesting to see where people's uh, brains are at here, is that I've I've tweeted before, I was like, man, if I die and the only thing people remember me as is a good hitting coach, I was like, I have failed. Failed. Mm. I have miserably Mm. failed. Right. And then people were like responding back and be like, what do you mean? Like, I would love to be known as a great and it goes blah, 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 and all these things. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I get it. Like, and I, and I, first off, I connect with you for a long time. Those, those were big goals to me. Those were b- big things. Um, but I found something bigger. Right. And what I mean by that is too, as well as like, like, okay, even if your name's written in a record book, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean? Right. Like, what does it mean? Okay. Oh, I'm the winningest coach of all time. Okay, well, again, when you when you die, when you're laying on your deathbed, you're like, well, you know, at least I was the winningest coach of all time, right? No, it's like, no, no, no. What is he going to talk about? Usually, those coaches that those coaches that do win, again, you hear them talk about the relationships they built their their past. Mm-hmm. Why, when they're passing away, why do so many other athletes show up to their funeral? Because on the same side of that, right, real success isn't measured on the dub or whatever. And what actually leads to those dubs and those winnings is the relationships and how you leverage those relationships. And I, when I say leverage, don't in the bad way i'm saying leverage in the sense of hey i'm walking with you yep. right i'm with you as we go through these things and i i can't tell you how many athletes that at one point when i was coaching them they were not good hmm. right and they were failing far more now they see them on instagram for example let's say we take we, we can say multiple athletes i have players that are in the middle of this right now and i have players that have gone past this and i have players that have never even got to the struggle yet, yet right <laughs> i got all of them in between okay i have Players, for example, like one of our high school guys right now, Chewy, right? Shout out to my boy, all right? Shout out to my boy Chewy. But, for example, when I first started coaching Chewy, he was not good, right? And he'll tell you, like, he was, again, the the game strategy, the youth, his body wasn't there, yeah. all these things. Like, yeah. he was yeah. he was in the, he was not very good, right? Um, now, he had a lot of potential, right? I've coached far more than enough athletes that have crazy amounts of potential, um, many of them never reaching anywhere close to their potential. Um, but again, also too, I think on that same side of that, right. It's like now he's having all these success and everybody sees him, and you know, the lights are on and they the overnight success. And, oh my God, how is he not signed? Hey, and all, this, blah, blah, <laughs> all these things. Right. But at one time, just like, you know, where he was previously and also too, like the text messages and things that I, you know, even last night we're getting from his father when he's, he's crushing it right now. It's like, yo, like more often than not, like I had an athlete I talked with the other day and you know, we're talking and, you know, me and her start talking through, you know, where she's at, right? Where, where it's in the season, all these expectations, these things that she's putting on herself and what she believes that she needs to achieve. And, you know, people would think that because of how much we talk about movement and all these other things, and a lot of them don't actually listen to the podcast of how many goes behind it, yeah. is that like when I talked to her, the first thing she wanted a mechanical fix, uh-huh. right? She was looking for, uh, well, I feel good, you know, these things, but these are my outcomes, X, Y, and Z. And, I had a, my conversation back to her was, you know, what you need right now is some encouragement, Mm -hmm. 
Right? You need to be encouraged. You need to be, you need hope. You need to be put back in the word. You need to be on these other things of like what you truly desire is not the success because I'm telling you right now, I've been there where you'll achieve it and you'll realize that's not what you wanted the whole time and you'll move the goalpost, right? Because truly what you desired is again, peace is, and this is where I think it's, it's like sobering in this, in this mindset is what we're really searching for in achievement is peace, yep. right? Is status, yep. is um, is um, uniqueness, is uh, love, is admiration, is all these things. It's not the W, it's what comes with, with it, it, what society associates with it. Mm-hmm. And truly, I'll tell you on the other side of this, because I've been on those things, and also too, I know, uh, you know, both of you guys, Drill and Tay, both of you guys have been around where, again, where I've achieved some of these things and been seeing these other ways. But the thing is where I can speak from this other spot is like, look, like you could have all of that admiration. You could have all the love. You could have all that money. You could have all these other things. And this is why, again, Gary Vee talks about this too, about how many millionaires he knows that are absolutely miserable or how many famous people that he knows that are absolutely miserable or all these other things. And what I mean by that is money, status, fame, all that stuff doesn't take away your inner condition. It's like going from here. It's like Adam Sandler, uh, clip, but like when he was talking about, it's like, you know, Saturday night live one time, he's like, look, if you're miserable in the United States, you're going to be miserable. If you go to Paris, (laughs) right? Like, great. You might even be able to give this facade for a minute that, but again, if you stay there long enough, you're going to have this, you're the same exact person just in a new, in a new environment. Mm -hmm. Right. And and not to say that environments can have an impact and and not help us in the right direction, but we need, again, we always want to change our external conditions when in, and internally again no matter where i am no matter what the situation is that again that it starts from in out rather than out in exactly. um and so i think about on the same side of that is like if you're in internally if you're in a good space you could be anywhere with any conditions and again that's what god talks to us about is like you can find peace anywhere with me mm-hmm. um you know with me and like you could be homeless right you'll be fine you'd be without your family you'll be fine you could be without your you know your kids your money your this your whatever the environment the externals should not affect who how you feel um, you know, internally when you're deeply rooted with me and I've experienced this, um, in my life, I know that you've experienced this yeah. life. I know Taylor's experienced this life. I know a lot of people around me that walk in their faith. I've seen their testimonies and their testimonies inspire me and bring hope to me and all these other things. And I think on the same side of that, I've seen people go through absolute destruction. Again, I, I wear, uh, you know, Auburn's, uh, you know, wristband on my, you know, my wrist for a reason because of how she handled things. Again, how God used, again, a girl that in the beginning, again, a 12 year old girl, a 13 year old girl, right? That again, I watched her story. I watched her suffer. I watched her have peace. I watched her go through these things and and it, it moved me mm-hmm. um, of how much hope she found and how much peace she found in God um, and how she was able to get away from even her own suffering and worry about other people's suffering um, in that moment. And again, that's a picture of what Jesus um, you know, did as well, where in his own suffering, he was worried about all of us uh, still, um, still praying for us, still wanting uh, you know, uh, hope and, and dreams and peace and things for us. And so you know, for a, as a parent, right, like if you haven't found that and you haven't cultivated that relationship uh, that you have um, I- as well, that's going to get passed on to your kids. And like you said, how you deal with these things and how you go back to when you suffer and you're hurting and you're all these other things and how you respond. Are you are you quick to prayer? Are you mm. quick? Are you quick to run to God? Are you quick to, um, you know, get back settled in your foundation? Are you quick to point fingers? Are you quick to uh, blame others? Are you quick to be envious? Are you quick, quick to make excuses? Are you quick to do all these other things? How you respond is going to be huge. And I think on the same way of that is like, you know, even this morning, you know, my 
uh, girlfriend was really, uh, uh, she wasn't feeling very well and all those other things. And like this didn't used to happen. I used to not bother God, quotations, bother God with these small things that I thought were important. Now, again, when I'm suffering and the same thing where I saw her suffering, like the main thing I knew as a strength for me and a way to help her more than just this medicine or more than just this. And those other things is immediately to go to prayer and ask for God uh, mm -hmm. to give his peace to her because there's no medicine. There's no this. There's no that that's going to give her what God can give her. Um, and, and, and that prayer and even just the comfort that it brings, you know, when, when you go to God in those same ways. And if you haven't experienced that. I'm not I'm not saying like, oh, you're the devil. All these things. No, I'm, t I'm sharing my experiences with you about yeah. how God has changed yeah. my life. Right. And I and I think with that is like when you do that as a, as a parent and you run back uh, to God and you show them like, hey, like, you know, again, if, if, if you don't have it, then well, then you got to, you know, like then God doesn't have it for you right now. And you got to remember that to trust him with that, that his plans are higher than yours and that he always wants what's best for you. And again, just like when you uh, deny your kid, you know, ice cream, uh, you know, every single night, right, because of X, Y and Z, it's because you want what's best for them. He doesn't give us what we want. He gives us what we need. And he's always looking after us like a you know, good and faithful father mm. of how he's looking after. And he, if he's denying us something, there's a reason, there's a time, there's a place. And sometimes it's not even, I think some people get in this place of being like, yeah, but I got all the things and I'm ready and I'm ready and I'm ready. First off, you don't know if you're ready, right? <laughs> Second off, on top of that, you may be ready, but maybe the environment is not. Mm. And he's cultivating that environment. He's getting everybody ready. He's molding their hearts. He's molding that situation. He's getting things ready to go so that when you do step into it, it's ready to go. Mm. And so you got to trust, you got to trust on that same side of that, that again, I may be suffering right now, right? And also too, maybe again, for example, when I look at like Aubrey's you know, life, for example, you know, maybe you had as a parent, you had these desires, right? You wanted her to be, you know, a superstar athlete. You wanted all these other things. You know how this little girl, like, you know how much she impacted my life yeah. and by going through her suffering, watching her suffering and how that impacted me. She had more of an impact on me than any professional athlete has ever had on me. She's had more of an impact on me than any, you know, these other relationships in my life. And I, and again, I'm not even too, don't get me wrong. This is what I mean by this. It wasn't that I was day in and day out. Like I was best friends with this little girl. I saw her suffer from a distance. I can only imagine because yeah. I've seen the cultivation of what it yeah. did in her parents. I've seen the cultivation of what it looks like to watch your child go through cancer and all these other things. And, and, and to with that and like with the faith that it, it brought inside of them invoked inside of her parents to be somebody in proximity to someone that's that powerful. And as in my, in my opinion is fulfilling their mission that God has sent them here to do. Um, and when we get uh, one of them, there's, there's three different areas and the, uh, I'm not telling you we on preach mode today um, in the Bible there's three different areas of sin right and one of the major ones that we run past all the time all around us categories is pride of life hmm. right and pride of life what that looks like is is we we put our life right we put the fame the money the this the that what this world can give us we put that higher than what eternity and what god has for us and also some something that we can't even wrap our head around because we have we and if you don't get it in the word and you don't experience more than anything it's like look i didn't come to god because you know uh someone could have gave me the most sophisticated breakdown and you know here's all the logical sides and all these other things too it was a heart issue right when i experienced god mm undeniable mm -hmm. you could explain it all those other things there's still denial there's still disbelief there's still all these things so i'm not one of the things I, I think is with it is like when you're with god and you experience his presence it's undeniable and if you and if you don't have a, a, a story like that and you don't have an undeniable then you haven't had an experience with god mm -hmm.
because his experience is undeniable mm. and it is and his presence is undeniable and so when you get into those moments and you pull back to them doesn't mean that there isn't moments of doubt doesn't mean that doubt doesn't come back in doesn't mean that you know the enemy doesn't try to distract us or pull us into these other areas but you know again when we've had those it, uh, those experiences what that does uh, with us and what it what it can how it molds and changes your heart and direction of things and um, I think just like again going back into that is that's why it's so important as a parent uh, for you to continue uh, to pursue this relationship, um, in my opinion, from the experiences that I've had, um, because <clears throat> that's where real performance comes from. Yeah. That's all these other things are uh, behavioral. Uh, you know, again, I'm trying to behave. I'm trying to look like a successful person. I'm trying to do these other things. And also, too, we got to take that out that what we deem as success you know, what we deem as success is, no, 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 I don't want anything that doesn't have God in it because I know that that's empty. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm, you know, uh, people, a lot of people know about me, right? I'm fame, whatever that might be. Okay, I'm, I, I'm prosperous with money and all those other things. Okay, great. And those are blessings that God has given me. Okay, all of that, he can give me all of that. But if I don't have him, then I, then it's worthless to me. Yep. It's empty. Yep. I'm going to feel terrible. Yep. I'm going to, and again, it's going to intoxicate. It's going to mess up my, the, the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's like, you know, a big piece is that I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to be anywhere that doesn't have God. And that's how powerful the experience has been for me and my heart and what he's done for me. It's like, yo, I'll give away all that. You could take all my money. You could take all of my, you know, what I've achieved or all these other things because I've had all of that without God and I was empty. And there's no amount of anything in this world that can give me the presence of God. And like I said, if you haven't experienced that, then that doesn't make sense to you because you haven't had that experience. Mm. And I don't, I don't mean that to mean either. And I, I know that you can share this yeah. as well is I don't mean that to say like, oh, this is some exclusive club and like, yeah, no, no, oh, no. I've, I have something you don't have. No. What I'm saying is, yo, I've experienced something that I that I'm give, I that is open door for you to also experience, for you to also have your own things. And I'm sharing with you, like being like, yo, have you ate that fast food place down the street? Yo, they're, they're this, they're, they're, their barbecue is off the hook, bro. Like you need to get over there. That's what that's coming from. It's from that tone um, is, is like, you have to experience that uh, because it's unbelievable. And it's not that they only let these people come over for here. Sure. You have the rightful, you could walk in right now and experience those things. Um, and that's, you know, up to you in like heart condition. And, and the reason why I think this is so important, especially as a parent is, um, your foundation of how you parent. Um, and even as a coach of how you coach, um, and where, um, and how you condition your child and, um, where they understand where their value lays and why, why you love them. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, for me, and again, I want to go off, um, here in a moment, um, as we've covered kind of the mental aspect, the the foundation aspect with God and our values and more or less now um, of of how this parenting without that solid foundation will impact your child, um, you know, what that does to them. Um, and then also as a parent, when you do have that solid foundation, um, the joy that you get to have just to live in the moment because you don't have any expectation of your child except for what God has planned for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you get in these moments and we're all going to go through it and um, some sooner than others, when you get in these moments and you, and you really want something so bad for your kid, mm-hmm. um, you also remember that at the end of the day, that's God's child and what they what he has planned for them um, mm-hmm. trumps what whatever you have planned for yep. them. Um, and, and part of uh, what I wanted to transition into is that um, – you know, there's in all of that, you know, we have that mental, we have the foundation. There's also in this uh, when it comes to sport skill, right? 
Yeah. Um, and and what happens in 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 the skill of a sport um, when success without this skill um, meets this transition where that skill is needed. Um, and so. Yeah, unpack that. Uh, mm-hmm. Unpack that. Uh, so um, early on in my life, like I said, I had a lot of success through little running AAU track all the way through college. Um, when I got to my end of um, high school slash start of college, um, there was one thing particularly wrong with my running mechanics. And so throughout my entire life, everybody talked about how beautiful I ran um, until I got to college. And my coach said, Jarrell, what's wrong with your feet? Mm-hmm. And I said, um, what are you talking about? She was like, why is your foot striking the ground like that? Um, and I said, uh, I don't, I, what do you mean? Um, and so she takes a video of me running. Um, and lo and behold, um, my foot is just loose as a goose before it hits the ground and I'm landing on the outside of my foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody, you know, you, you got a $60,000 force plate in there. <laughs> um, and so if you look at force production, if I'm not um, producing, you know, or using my entire foot to produce force, um, I'm not essentially running as fast as I could. Mm. Um, to my dad, who wasn't very skill um, mm. specific, mm. Um, you know, he was all about working more and more and more and Sound more. Sound like excuses. Exactly, like right? Excuse <laughs> and so, uh, again, I had so much success throughout my youth, throughout high school and into college, that this specific thing in my running mechanics was never addressed mm. um, until I got to college and I was like, oh, crap, yeah. this may be the a problem. where it gets exposed. Exactly. Sure. And so what um, I wanted to pass this baton off to you is saying, you know, um, oftentimes we look at kids and we want to get kids in here at an early age. Um, and oftentimes we do have parents that want their kid to be the the you know the highlight of their travel team or the the best 13 year old on the 13 u team or whatever the case may be versus what um we're trying to focus on is you're literally trying to change a movement pattern in someone Mm -hmm. and the reason why i'll go in to finish the story i was never able actually to fix my foot mechanics because Mm -hmm. it was just too late I had been running like this for at that point 16, 17 years. Yeah. It would have took me another two or three years to. Yeah, unlimited time frame, I was going to say. And also, too, like, that's also you started diversifying in sport. Exactly. And you started, you know, in limited time. Like, there's, there's all these other things that contribute. And also, too, like you said, there's a plasticity that we I posted about that the other day. Like, when a kid, it's very easy to get them to change patterns, right? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. You can, it's just difficult, it's hard. right? It's very difficult. And it's much easier to change. I was talking about this with a um, hitting coordinator, actually, I think yesterday, as we were talking about that, um, we we're talking about certain swing mechanics and how guys move here and there. I don't even use the word mechanics very much anymore, <laughs> but movement and talking about like, hey, like, you know, with a, a pro guy, I'm a lot more aggressive, more surgery like um, than I am like with a youth uh, player. Um, because we have more time. We have so much more time to make changes. Uh, there's years and years and years of development we have. Where this pro athlete, he probably has a shelf life of one or two years, mm-hmm. and then he's in and out. So it's like, mm-hmm. if he's coming to me, first off, this isn't 
and again, take this within context, right? This isn't um, a guy coming to me that's already really good and he just wants to get slightly like, hey, let's just amplify this a little bit. Let me raise my basement. Let me raise my ceiling slightly. You know, what's some other things I could add in? No, no, no. We're talking about a guy that's like, yo, if you don't get better dramatically in the next year, you're gone. Yeah. Your, your career's over. Yeah, different. Done, right? So that context is going to change how I go about working with them. Comparatively, if I'm working with someone that is like, you know, let's say, you, you know, you get somebody in that's like, um, you know, uh, let's say Mike Trout, right? For example, that's gonna be a much different process. <laughs> We're not performing surgery. Yeah. Um, where other guys need surgery, there's a time and a place that surgery needs to happen. And there's time and a place where you just need to take your vitamins. <laughs> and there's a time and a place where you just need to add this little extra little healthy uh, habit that's gonna really, you know, over time is gonna really impact some things. Uh, those are different ways. And as a doctor, your job is to, you know, again, not everything needs surgery, right? And you gotta be able to discern the difference. And, um, so I think that, that, you know, like within context, that's what you're saying as well. But also, this is one of the big things I, I see all the time is some parents have a really hard time um, with this. Some of the, uh, the skill component wise is because is this misunderstanding one of how difficult it is to increase somebody's skill level. Hmm. Um, also, relatively, they look at things from a, a different perspective. Like, for example, I can watch. Let's take something that's completely outside of this. I can watch somebody, you know, uh, let's say you, you, uh, Kobe had this great line where he talked about like his differential and like work and like who was yeah. okay, genetically. First off, let's go NBA, NBA, right? Genetically, you have less than, I think it's one, 1% chance to make the NBA. Uh, sorry. This is the people that are even like, yes, you can just take general go. population. Yeah. yeah. Like you, like less than, less than 1% of people actually in the NBA, right? less than 1% of people actually in the NBA um, are even underneath six foot, right? People in the NBA that have already are already there, right? So that becomes like a major piece, right? So if you're under, um, under that, you know, six foot mark, right? Uh, just genetically on that same side, like there's a really low chance, go right? That you're going to go and play at that level, right? So, okay. So you, 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 you have that just from that standpoint. So like, I, I think about this all the time. It's like, let's say you take that Chewy, for example, right? So, you know, Chewy's probably going to be, you know, he's still growing, but he's probably going to be, you know, six, three, two thirty at some yeah. point. Right. Like that's his body type, what he's able to do. He's going to be able to do things that other people will never be able to do. Right. Dustin Berjoya was never able to do. And, and, and again, if he you know, plays at that same level, who knows if he ever even gets to the level yeah. of Pedroia from that side. But I'm saying is that he's going to be able to do things like right now. Chewie can do things that I can never do in my career. Right. Like he, he already can do things that I, I, I could never do. Um, okay, so you take that in, right? That there's gonna be things that they're able to do that no one's able to do just from a genetic standpoint, okay? So, so, but if you don't know and you don't understand the body like that, like me, the reason I can have context when I look at an athlete that way is I have an understanding when I go to a player, like let's say he's like a shorter guy, parents are also short, you know, <laughs> again, like um, also, you know, with how his body reacts to some of our training and all those other things, I have a pretty good eye, you know, by this point where I can perceive like how far they're going to be able to go yeah um not necessarily uh uh the level that they're going to play out and which again i could usually predict that pretty quickly <laughs> too but also with that being said um what are they going to be able to do just from a base standpoint with the time you know and all these things and make uh, and make projections right um and when you're in any space you can kind of know that right just like okay let's say if you work at a normal job let's say you're an accountant or whatever right if uh taylor shows up okay and taylor is awful with numbers taylor will tell you right right say okay so taylor is awful with numbers accounting more than likely because of how her brain works she's going to be that's going to be 
right off the jump, that's going to be a really hard job for her to ever be elite at, mm -hmm. right? Now, could she get better? Sure, right? But also on the same side of that, if you hire someone that's very, you know, again, let's say you go Matthew from the Bible, and if you don't yeah. know this characteristic about Matthew, he's very analytical by the book, all these other things too, and he thinks in whites and blacks, right? If he thinks white, you know, this is this issue is either white or this issue is either black, right? Like, you know, you did it or you didn't do it, and that's that's it, right? Well, that that type of personality is going to be very tough uh, to do things with relationships. It's going to be very hard. They don't see a lot of gray. Right. They don't know how to interact. They don't know how to empathize. They don't know how to do some of these other things. They might be a great accountant. They might be a very great, which is Matthew in that way, was basically an accountant for the city for taxes, right? So if you take that, like that type of personality type, um, that's going to be very useful. Well, the body is the same way. Physically, you have some of those same, those same exactly. characteristics that pop up. Yeah. And so um, I think that that becomes like a, a super uh, big piece um, there as well, right? Now, the other piece is, is to take that in is now I don't hold them to those expectations and or even if they do have all those characteristics – well, then you also have to a point of like emotionally, how far are they able to handle stress, stress. Um, setbacks, all these other things? Now, can, yes, can, can, I, can I develop that? Just just like we talked about. Yes, we absolutely can. But depending on where we are in our career and all those other things like, you know, how much time we have to do these things is going to give you, uh, you know, like, for example, when I was in college and I realized mentally where I was at and how long it was going to take. It was like my clock was ticking. <laughs> my clock was ticking. Mm -hmm. I was I was pretty far along before mm -hmm. these things became, you know, uh, the, not when I look back, they were in my career my whole time. And yes, if I would have started earlier, you know, that would have really helped. You know, if I would have been seeing a therapist earlier, if I would have came to God earlier, if I would have done these other things, like maybe that's a, something that could have happened. But also at the same time, um, I'm not me in spite of what I went through on me because of what I did go through. Yeah. And that's how God uses me. And that was his plan for my life. Right. Is like, I'm not looking back, uh, like, Oh man, like this could have happened. No, no, no. That's going to help me coach athletes going forward. But also too, I don't coach athletes. Like for example, Nick Saban knows, okay, you're on Bama. Okay. There's guys that show up and he's like, Hey, we're going to keep developing this guy and do whatever. But I know, I know with a pretty high reasonable amount that this guy will probably never be a Heisman winner. Yep. And I know that. Yep. So it, it isn't like, oh, I don't coach him and he's now <laughs> has no worth to the team because he doesn't do that. Okay. Well, if that's the, that's the case. How about the, how about the water guy? Like he's got a, he's, he's got a purpose for the team. He has, he serves in a different way. And also too, wh where is he impacting? I know that there's, for example, I'm um, here locally, even at CSN. Um, and it, we had this at Brighton as well, right? We had, uh, and CSN has the same way, where they have this, they have this, uh, this setup where, you know, the team manager typically, right, and a lot of these teams, and it's happened, you know, many times like around the country, where like the team manager can be impacting the team in a lot of different ways. And at CSN and at, uh, at when I was at Brighton, I was coaching high school, is we had a kid that, and the same thing here at CSN, uh, his name, we, we call him Matty Ice. So, so shout out to Matty Ice. Matty Ice, um, you know, was a, a big advocate for the team, but also at the same time, um, had some disabilities that were going to, you know, uh, cause him yeah. where like, you know, again, like um, he needed a community. He needed yeah. all these things. But what he brought to us, we needed him far more than he needed <laughs> us. OK, the excitement, the, the joy, the things that he brought to our team uh, that established um, that established, you know, a, a, a culture within our squad. I know CSN's like this, too. Um, I forgot his name, but he's he's a man over there. We're posting about him all the time. And I uh, we've coached some players over from CSN that love 
uh, their team manager as well. And, you know, I think in those, those same characteristics, like God has a purpose for them too, right? And if you look at that, that's an extreme right? But yeah, that's not going to be a Heisman Trophy winner. But at the same time, the impact, right? The impact that Aubrey is going to have, the impact that that, uh, that team manager is going to have is a very different impact and they have a role to play too. And there's no one that's ever forgotten and they have a hope and they have those things. So as a coach, right? I come from that perspective that just because you're not going to be a Hall of Famer, right? That doesn't mean that I'm done with you. You're worthless. All these things. I actually had a parent, a conversation with a parent with this the other day where, um, you know, he plays at a power five and we're talking and, and, you know, I haven't, I hadn't heard from them in a little while. And I, you know, I was like, Hey, like, you know, like it's okay. Like, you know, Hey, I, I, he's sitting the bench or what's going on right now. And they had some transfers come in and all these things. And he was like, well, you know, to be honest, you know, uh, we were just kind of embarrassed. So we didn't reach out. And I said, look, like you got this, you got this twisted with me. Like I don't, I'm not just pumping guys because they're the, the lead. Like I'll, if you made the honor roll, I'll put you on there. Like, <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying? saying? If they, if they, you did a PR thing, you got a foundation, like I'm putting you on there. Like, like if there's something that's just a big achievement nah, for you, yeah. like I, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm applauding you and I, I want you to help you do the things. Like I have coached thousands and thousands of athletes that will never play at the top 1% yeah. of the sport. And again, along with that, um, you'll hear all these coaches talk about like, you know, how many wedding invites, how many, um, you know, again, like coaches looking back of how much they impacted, or again, like, you know, the dad reaching out to me about Chewy, as well his dad reaching out and just being like hey like thank you for being far more than just a coach uh to him and i and i i think what that is like again um while that's awesome uh in that moment and like that that praise from there it's like yes but also too like it's not a i'm not doing it for that praise or for someone to say that to me like i i really want these things in his life like i really want him to achieve these things and i just a resource to help him get there god put me in his path to help him get there mm -hmm. but also too God might put me on their path to help people get a lot of places and it might have nothing to do. You know how many times there's guys that are, again, take somebody like me, take somebody like you, take somebody like Tay, all these things. Okay, we didn't reach the pinnacle of that sport. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, again, now we're in a place where we're helping people reach the pinnacle exactly. of their sport with the skill set that he gave you, the skill set that he gave Taylor. And also, again, helping them be fathers, helping them uh, be uh, better sons, helping them contribute to society. They might be the top scientists that you know, it changes the world, that cures cancer, that does these other things. It's like, great, and we're teaching that mentality and love, and, exactly. and this is just the platform that God has given us to pour into them. And as a parent, you got to realize that that's the platform that God has given you to, to you got to almost, I think this is a, a very tough thing for people to do because they're like, that's my, that's my seed, that's my <laughs> son, right? But like, or that's my daughter. But you got to disconnect here and realize the role that God has put you in objectively. First off, that is his daughter. Oh. That is his son, mm -hmm. right? And you are in a role and a position, a bridge to push pe him or her towards the kingdom and to build the kingdom and do those other things. And while your role might be more intimate than other people's, that is your role in their life. And there's a bigger picture here than it is like, you know, as uh, <laughs> as as my therapist tell me all the time, Joey. Uh, uh, this ain't about you. <laughs> this ain't about you. <laughs> and it sounds simple, you know, a statement like, yeah, okay, what does that mean? Well, in this moment, like as a parent, it's not about you. Mm -mm. Right. And then you go, well, yeah, yeah, but I'm doing it for them. No, 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 no. Hold on. Bridge. <laughs> right. It's not about them either. Mm -hmm. It's about the kingdom. There's something bigger than both of us. It's bigger than our relationship. It's all these things that it's, there's something bigger going on here and what's being built. And when I can hold on to that perspective, it doesn't mean that I need to win. Sometimes me losing is fulfilling the purpose, yes. right? And so if I'm going to kill myself and beat myself up over not achieving all these things, I got to leave the results to God. 
right? I, I, there's things, there's steps for me to take on all those other things, but I have to be okay where if I don't achieve these things, I can, I can want, I can desire, but be, I also have to find grounding that it's okay if I also never get there. Hmm. Right. And that isn't, and again, I used to get triggered with that and go, well, that's why you didn't achieve yeah. this, this, and this. <laughs> Listen, just like Jarrell was saying, same thing. I played at the top 1% of my sport, right? Um, I, t- I played at the top 1% of my sport. I achieved a lot of things in my life. I've done, you know, again, I've made a lot of money. I've done all those other things, and I've come all full circle. I've, I then went from making tons of money to basically paying to coach and <laughs> went, went through the whole life. If you haven't heard that testimony, swing back around, right? There's podcasts on that, right? But again, along with that is like he, he, that perspective is understanding that like, it's not about what you think would serve, you know, the community better or what you think would be best for your son or you think would be best for your daughter or what you think would be best for you as an athlete. You got to understand that there's a bigger, higher perspective uh, that that's being pulled together here. And that changes your mindset and how you interact. It's going to change how you interact when that is when that is your foundation. Right. Then what comes from that condition, that heart condition, and how I respond, and what's important, and what's not important, and what I don't pay attention to. How many times has your kid gotten in the car after a performance and you go, man, I just love watching you compete. Man, you know what You know what caught my eye today? He goes four for four with three home runs and all this stuff, and you go like, hey, I know you had a big game, but you know what really caught my eye today? Man, like, even when you won, it's, it was how you did it. Hmm. Like, how, you know, when that guy came to first base and, you know, he had struck out four times this game and he finally got walked or whatever. And like, I saw y'all laughing on first base, like, man, that really, that really was important to me. Like that, that, like that, that gave me hope, son. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, how you interacted there, like that meant more to me than anything. How many conversations you're having like that, right? Right. Where typically it's the opposite way. Like, well, son, like you had a great game today. Okay. Well then when he goes over four or 4k, well, you need to get better. Like what's going on? What's going on? Those Mm -hmm. things. More often than not, especially as the kid gets higher and higher up to the world, and also on the same side of this, I do this with my nephew too, he already has a coach, man. Hmm. Like, he already has a coach. Someone is already playing that role in his life, right? And sometimes, for certain people, they have seven coaches, <laughs> right? And then you add the parents in there, now he's got ten coaches, right? Now he's got this, now he's got this, now the brother's also, older brother's a coach. Now all these people are coach, 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 you're not this, you're not that, you're all the things. No, 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 hey, my role in his life might have nothing to do with coaching at all. Right. And it might be his support system and, and support doesn't always look with, you know, again, like, you know, more than anything, a lot of players, especially at the higher levels too. Like, let's just call it, let's be Frank. Okay. Most parents. Okay. And this, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this in. Okay. Is I, I I've said this uh, before, but uh, one time at Pitchapalooza, okay. Which is an event that Lance Wheeler throws on. Um, he gave this analogy. He said he had a, he had a, um, what are those watches called? A Swiss watch. Hmm. So a Swiss watch. He's like, if I handed you a broken Swiss watch and asked you to fix it, you would be like, bro, why did you bring this to me? I have no idea. Right. A human is infinitely more complex than a Swiss watch, but everybody thinks they could fix it. Okay. And so what I mean by this, right, is that most parents, even though we have good intentions, we want to help, we want to do this thing. You could have good intentions that you want to fix this Swiss watch, but you honestly, again, with your lack of foundation and psychology and skill acquisition and, you know, skill and what it takes to actually all build the a above. sport and all these other things, <laughs> all of the above. And just because even if you played at that level, at the professional level, for example, Barry Bonds, okay, one of the best hitters of all time. Okay, when he was the hitting coach for the Marlins, you could take, and people are going to be like, huh? Like, what? Is, <laughs> okay, when he was hitting coach there, they had one of the worst historic years hitting ever, okay? Okay, you take one of the best hitters of all time. You take Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, when he was coaching out in San Diego, their team offensively was terrible. 
Okay. So what I mean by that on the same side of that is like, Hey, his calling, right. Might these are, are might be in different areas and, or maybe it isn't to be the most winning coach of all time. And maybe, and, and with that, just, just because I've played at that level, doesn't mean that that's my role in everybody's life. Right. So for example, I'm a hitting coach, right? I do this for a living. This is what I've been doing for a long time. All this things, when Z, when I go watch my nephew play, you could go ask like my family and all that stuff. My, my sister just sent me a video of my nephew playing. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, good for him. Blah, 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 blah. I gave no, I haven't given him any instruction. One time I've hit with him like three times in his life. Right. I don't go hit with him unless he wants to hit. I'm just there to support when he strikes out. I go give him nucks and say, good job, man. Keep trying X, Y, and Z. Like I, again, just because that's my, my role in somebody's life doesn't mean that that's my role in his life. Right. He has a coach. He has other things. And maybe at one point in my life, my role will be to be his coach. But for now, my role is to be his uncle. Yep. Right. And my role is to be his uncle. And this is the role I play with him is to support him, help him love the sport. Again, on with it. If he doesn't go into baseball and he plays other sports, if he never does any of that and he, he's a pretty good little dancer, maybe, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Maybe he becomes, you know, he wants to dance or all these other things. OK, well, great. Right. Like maybe that's the maybe that's what's going to happen. Right. But my point is, again, along with that is like that is my role currently right now in his life. And just because you're their parent doesn't mean that your role is also slash coach Mm -hmm. also doesn't mean and it it might. Right. Maybe you are the coach on the team. Right. And those are some things you got to keep in. And even then, it's also coming to a point of awareness. If you are the coach of knowing, hey, when that coaching, um, when it's time to transition to someone else. You know, because I, I think, again, looking at my father, I was like, yeah, you, you did a good job. You had a lot of success with me. But there was also a point in time where it was time for him to pass me along to somebody that knew a little bit more. Um, and so it's also having awareness as a parent um, and knowing when to do those things. Um, and so I think it, I think it's all important. And I think the one thing you said is that, um, you know, last but not least, man, just don't forget that your your, your role um, is, is first a parent. Um, uh Biblically, your role is a manager mm-hmm. for a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, it, you're your child's parent. You're not their coach. Um, you're not their teacher, but you're the parent. And, you, and, the, and you, they're looking for your love, um, and that's it. Um, you're the person that it will have the biggest impact on their lives. Um, and so don't forget, you know, matter the highs or the lows or whatever they're going through, um, you know, don't forget that, you know, they're still your child. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, no, and I think, I, I, I think the, the bigger piece – that you know like just what you were just hitting on there right is the bigger piece is if you can get to your foundation of knowing where your role is in the kingdom Mm. and you're just because your role in the kingdom doesn't mean that you're the same role with every single person right like you have a role when you pull up to the coffee line when you pull up to the coffee line and how you interact with them is going to be, I'm a coach. Doesn't mean I'm, Hey, you know what? Hey, if you put that straw a little bit this way, (laughs) it would be getting like, my role is different in different people's lives and what that looks like, you know, and maybe it's a, you know, again, more than anything, my role is spread love, right? My role is to love others, encourage other, bring hope, uh, you know, point them towards God, more of those other things that it, it's much more important. And we, we shouldn't forget that as parents because it can get very easy. And the reason I went that approach, obviously, too, with this podcast, too, is there's a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of advice uh, that you can get um, that is very worldly. Right. And what I mean by that is like you, people are speaking from their trauma, their experiences, their other things and X, Y and Z. And it's not that, you know, with that is like. Yes, these are uh, my experiences, things that you've experienced, I've experienced too. But again, I'm not pointing towards, hey, do it like me. Hey, do it like this. I'm saying, look, I'm working on it too. I work on it every single day. And what I mean by that too is like, I'm not pointing people, hey, be like me. I'm saying, yo, 
be like the man, right? Mm -hmm. Like be like Jesus, be like man upstairs. Um, and again, these are things that we could all strive towards and it's going to give us, um, a higher perspective, uh, you know, in our lives. Right. And so, um, I think that that gets us back rooted and, and it makes us, if we can make decisions and keep from that mindset, uh, we're going to handle things very different than if we wouldn't, but 100%. yeah, we're going to jump into some, some prayer. Yep. Pray us out. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right. Um, pray us out real quick. So, uh, dear Heavenly Father, I uh, just pray that you just open our eyes, God. Uh, we have such a limited perspective, um, and we you know so too often just fall, uh, just fall, just looking at what's right in front of us, and uh, we just believe things by what we see and we, what we see in the world and the and the pain and, and and hurt that we can see on a daily basis and where our mind can get focused. And we just ask for your perspective, God. We want to see the world. We want to see others uh, like you see them. Um, we want you to reveal. Uh, our purpose. We want your, your, we want your presence, God. If, if uh, someone's listening to this and has made it all the way through all this <laughs> God talk uh, to get to your God, and um, just we just, I just ask that you reach their heart. Um, I just ask that um, you let them experience um, your presence, like you've done for me, like you've done for so many uh, people that I love. Um, and that you just give them that gift, God, um, and just um, let them reach out to you now. Let them feel you now and um, uh, invade their hearts. Um, and we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, until next time, Farm System out.